Hey guys, welcome to Baggy Broadcast, episode number 334. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the books that we are looking forward to coming out the first week of March. March 8th. March 8th, thank you. 2017. I, <laughs> I realized right when we were starting that that I didn't look up what day. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this time we're taking a look back at some of the new comic books that came out in February of 2017 with our February look back. And for that, we have Kingpin number one, Justice League of America Rebirth number one, and I'm blanking out on Super the Sons. The number Super one. Sons, that was what it's called. Because it was in the thing of Superman Sons. I couldn't remember it. Mm. Well, that's yeah. just me mistyping. Sorry about that. Oh, Show it's... notes! Typos! We got show notes, people. It's crazy. We do. Not not updated recently until I get internet again. Well, no, no. I, I mean, for the back of the show, if you're wondering how yeah, we keep we, so organized. Yeah, yeah we got to. You know, so. we got to keep ourselves on track and organized and something to refer back to because we drink a lot on this show. That's right. And Paul and I are drinking something from Saranac. This is their basking in bourbon barrels. This is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. 11.4% uh, just released. Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, I, I apparently got the first four-pack. Because <laughs> the guy came out, out saying, uh, where do we want to hold these? And I'm like, you don't want to hold on to them. You want to give me one. Yeah. I will be the one to hold them. I will hold it in my belly. And then the guy looked at me and I said, give it to him. <laughs> Uh, so these were this stout was spent uh, a year in Kentucky bourbon barrels. This has got a big, big heat, like right off the top, like yeah. uh, that. I'm not going to say it is as bad of a percip as the bourbon barrel aged Labatt. <laughs> the, the Labatt tasted like they just added um, Werther's butterscotch ch- yeah. candy. I don't. I, I get a barrel age. Yeah, I, I, I get I get all barrel, not the bourbon though. Like I got I got some oak splinters. It's very oaky. Yeah. Uh, I which, think I which, like which can be good. Yeah, I don't think this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't pay the price that you paid for it. Thirteen ninety nine uh, for a four pack. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's great. Uh, I'm not getting any stout. It's a nice. I mean, it's a nice oaky. You do get some of the vanilla touches. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. Just very on the back end that you get the vanilla. But, man, it's so oaky up front. And if I was in the mind frame, we just had a uh, coffee espresso, a coffee uh, port or coffee stout. Yeah. So maybe as I get into this a little bit more and, like, realize and just try to enjoy it for that oaky flavor, I'll, I'll actually enjoy it more. But right now I'm like, ugh, it's just... It's not great. It's not it's great dis- at all. Displeasing. Dis- um, they Saranac did a geez man uh, probably about four or five years ago they released a, a barrel aged beer in a four pack. I think it was a better price point. Chris, you really liked it, um, but I wasn't super thrilled with that then. Uh, actually, I think both of you guys really liked it. I don't remember which one. Was that- it basking in the sun? Cause that's that's came up when I typed in basking in. No, it was that those. I don't four, think so. I don't remember the name of it. They were doing that like. Uh, oh, remember, like the 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 one like um, up in the clouds or something was one of them. 
They were doing those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. higher the, end yeah. four packs and stuff. Um, the, is was that the peak? The peak series. The peak Thank series. you. Yes. Uh, and I, for the most part, we enjoyed mm-hmm. almost all of those. Uh, the they did a an IPA that uh, killed the series because nobody bought it. Mm. Um, so this is their attempt to do it again, and not not the best showing. I'd have to say. And they're calling it their Inner Circle series. You you really get that eleven percent on it mm-hmm. too. You really feel it. Not loving this beer. I'm giving it a three point five. I, I think I'll probably enjoy it more as I get deeper into it. Because also the eleven point five will hit me. <laughs> and also because I'll be a you know, I gotta get I gotta get my taste buds acclimated. Uh yeah, I get punched up. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're drinking coffee. Except when you first take a sip of coffee, it's oh so good. It's so good. Right, Chris? Indeed it is. I I had half a cup of coffee before we started recording. Mm. Or as we were starting recording, I guess. I don't know. Time. But I'm also drinking a bourbon barrel Ooh. beer, and this is Founders KBS. And this is a bottle that was uh, actually sealed on February 12th, 2016. And it is officially KBS week at Founders in Michigan right now. They are doing their release for it, I want to say the 6th. Um, this was that Monday. But they're starting to do like the pre-release stuff where at all the different like little brew pubs around town, like they're sending kegs out, and each day like you can go to a different bar and get it, like get it tapped. Um, but 2016, so a little bit more than a year ago, this one is still very, very bourbon forward. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't mellowed out anymore. I took a sip and I was shocked that I wasn't actually just drinking a, like a bottle of bourbon. Because I'm not getting any like that smooth kind of like the caramel note that you get from it being uh, barrel aged with the ale. How, how are the coffee? Kind of shock, but how are the coffee notes on that? Uh, let me let me go back into it again. Fill another little bit of a yeah, vamp a little bit. Uh, okay, uh, Paul and I are drinking out of uh, our, KBS our KBS glasses today. Uh, things I brought home for us when I got our first experience with KBS mm-hmm. when I actually went to the brewery as Chris was describing. Release month in Michigan. I had with a couple friends tried to get what were called golden tickets. You had to pay five dollars, and it got you a ticket to go in and then buy <laughs> KBS from them. But they did take the money off of. They took the okay. five dollars off the price of. Oh, so you prepaid five dollars uh, for the price. We you got, basically like pre-ordered mm-hmm. your KBS with the ticket. Pretty much. Um, Good deposit. And we got three, uh, three four packs. Nineteen ninety nine, nineteen dollars each, uh, which is what we mm-hmm. sell them at my beer store for. Uh, it's still one of some of the best pricing, and the fact that after you don't pay any tax in Michigan, right? No, not at the no, um, not at the brewery. So it's no, yeah, a little bit all. cheaper. Uh, but it was, I mean, also you don't pay a deposit. Mm-hmm. Four years, four years later, later, the beer price hasn't gone up. Um, even a hard to come by beer like that. I think it's still like the most bang for your buck. Um, I I don't want to get too far away from like getting back to it. Um, I'm not really getting a lot of chocolate. Like after my palate kind of clears out, if, if I take another sip, I get the bourbon. I get kind of like a nice like caramel like sweetness. Mm. But then if I take another sip, it's just like bourbon alcohol burn. Like right after that. Oh. 
I mean, it's not it's not bad at all. Like, I mean, it's still it's still good. It's still a sipper. Um, I mean, twelve point four percent. Yeah, it better be a sipper at that point. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting on the other bottle I have for a little bit longer and seeing if that one actually hits that nice sweet spot. Yeah, it's because it's really sad because like when we when we first started drinking it and when we were able to get it, it was such that that overly bourbonness wasn't there. It was something mm-hmm. that you could drink without having aged it and still really enjoy it, and then it just smoothed out over mm-hmm. the year to two years. Um, so yeah, it, it, I was a little disappointed with last year's. I felt it was a little bit big um, for what... But you know, that could just be from whatever barrels they use. It could have just picked up more like that essence from it. Because um, I mean, having it at the brewery, like, it... it I don't remember it being like this at all either. I mean, granted, yeah, that was like a year and a half ago now uh, when they did their seller rate and they had like the KBS from like 2014, like 2015, like 2013. Like they had like multiple years of it. And like I I felt so lucky that I was able to go back and try them all. But like two years is kind of like that perfect spot for it. It's not too bourbon-y. It's not too ale It's like the perfect smooth balance of everything. Hmm. But also, we're at the point now where everyone's barrel-aging beers, everyone's using bourbon barrels for beer. So I think the competition's got a lot stiffer on that because now it's not just like, okay, let's compare it to KBS. It's now, well, we're comparing all these other beers to KBS as well, and now we have to compare the KBS to those beers too. Yeah. It is definitely... There's a lot lot more hats in the ring. It is the same thing with black IPAs, like in, what, 2013? Like, they were everywhere. Yeah. And now you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's you. You can't even find them that often. Um, I oh God, I went somewhere and they had a black IPA that was brewed for them on tap, and I wanted to try it, and I didn't get a chance to because like I had to work after I went out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where it was or who brewed it, but like I ordered like a different beer, and then I was like, oh, I want to get that black IPA, and then just timing it didn't work, and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't have another one before I go to work. Uh, I felt I felt cheated. There's uh, Two Roads is a brewery that just came into our area from, um, I think, Connecticut. You got a can right there. They do. Uh, but they have a black IPA. It's a limited release. Um, I forget what the name is, but the image on the front is their, uh, the brewery on fire. And in front is uh, It from Stephen King. <laughs> Is like a child on a uh, like one of those three wheel big wheel things, mm-hmm. like pedaling away from it. <laughs> it's like the creepiest slash coolest image on a can I've ever seen. Uh, I that sounds amazing. And uh, I knew we were going to be doing um, barrel aged beers, so I didn't pick it up. But I was going to bring it to do on the show because I, I one it would scare Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, two. Uh, everything I've had from Two Roads so far, I have uh, really enjoyed. Yeah, they uh, say the uh, devilishly delicious, heavenly something brewery. Like, so it's one road leads to heaven, one road leads to hell. Like, I, I guess that's their mantra. Or the road less traveled as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, let's. Uh, right, right now, Lexi's in uh, Michigan visiting her family for her niece's birthday. So uh, I was like... When you're there, if you see KBS somewhere, make that happen. Like, grab it. And if you can't, at least give me some of the Dragon's Milk mm, wow. from New Holland, because 
I require anything from New Holland at this point. Right. Let's, we gotta we gotta coordinate our Saturdays, John, and come up with a, another Michiganer trip. Right. Day trip. Uh, you know, one of these Saturdays coming up because now my Saturdays are open again in March. Hey, all right. Projects at work get canceled. Cool. Yeah. Hey, you know cool what's beans. not? You know what's not getting canceled? Well, news. That's like news for me. <laughs> you know that 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 the projects got canceled. But what didn't get canceled, John? I'm sorry. Movie trailers? Movie trailers? No, they didn't Oh, they, they didn't cancel any of the movie trailers? <laughs> they didn't cancel any of them. We, in fact, got uh, a teaser trailer. Uh, Chris and I will talk about this because Paul refused yeah, to watch it. Yeah, there's three trailers. Yeah, just not interesting. Uh, teaser trailer for Deadpool came out with Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a fun little uh, cheeky trailer that and, you expect. And here's the thing, like, when we say teaser trailer, it's like three and a half minutes long. Like, it's actually... It's decent length. It's not like your typical teaser where it's like 10 seconds and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's all stuff that they're going to show me in the next trailer anyways. I feel like this was like a special thing that they filmed just to show uh, before Logan. Right. Uh, And, yeah, I think uh, definitely uh, real fun. Uh, There's a – I don't know. I just wanted to finish it. (laughs) Paul's like, oh, I got half a glass still of this barrel-aged beer and I've finished mine. Uh, But you have Wade, you have Paul. What? Look at me. Oh, I, now I can look at you. Now you can look at I me. had to look away from you because I, I was distracting you too much. Uh, <laughs> Wade Wilson uh-huh. walking down the street. Wade Wilson, elderly man being held up by gunpoint, oh. trying to fight back. Stanley? No. Oh, no, it's weird. not. It's not <laughs> weird. Uh, where he goes, not on my watch. Runs into a phone booth and changes into his costume. Which takes which three minutes of it is him changing his costume. Uh, you see his bare ass pressed against the glass, and then uh, what I thought was, that was something for the ladies. What I thought was really funny is while he's starting to get dressed, he calls the uh, costume um, the costuming person for the movie. He tries to call them in the payphone to help them come help <laughs> him get dressed. Just right. And then he's like, "Oh, just tell him Wade called." And then he hangs up. Uh, and then gets out of it too late, mm-hmm. and then goes and lays down <laughs> with the body and starts eating its ice cream. His ice cream that's there. Also, while he's in the phone booth, it's playing the original like 1970s Superman theme. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then also like cool Easter egg on the side of the phone booth, um, written in like almost looks like Sharpie. It says uh, Nathan Summers coming soon. Oh. And then, and then when he actually like uh, finishes changing his uh, clothes and he's in the costume, he runs out of the phone booth in slow motion, mind you. Uh, mm. There's Firefly posters on the wall behind him, which are fantastic. Which made me think, like, are these nods to maybe who might be playing Cable? Nathan Possibly, Fillion? Nathan Fillion would mm-hmm. be awesome. I, as soon as I saw those Firefly posters, I was like, oh, shit, Nathan Fillion would be the best Cable. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, he really would be, because who else would be tired of Deadpool shit as Nathan Fillion could be? Uh, yeah, because Pierce Brosnan has been teased. The uh, the guy who played the sheriff in Stranger Things had been uh, said that he went in to test for a cable. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'd be, you know, I could see him. Like he's Nathan fillion Yeah, he's got the big build for mm-hmm. it, too. He's a big guy. Um... <laughs> um Complete sidebar, and I'm sorry for this, but 
I still don't have Wi-Fi. I say that at the beginning of the show. It happens. Whatever. I don't care. Fuck you. Um, I've been going back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, people are going to get judged. Yeah, you don't have Wi-Fi. How do you operate? I operate by playing old video games that I loved and going back through my DVD collection and like watching all the shit that I haven't watched in years. Um, I completely forgot that Alan Tudyk was in Knocked Up. Yeah, yeah, he's the... Uh, he's like the the guy that works at E. Yeah, he's like the mm. head executive. Yeah, tighten it back up. I can't tell you yeah, to lose like, weight. Just hit the gym, tighten it up. Uh, I, I also explained... Uh, I, I've been watching uh, Rest of Development with my wife, and when he comes in as uh, Egg's father, I was like, that was the robot from Star Wars. <laughs> and my wife's like, oh yeah? But she didn't care. <laughs> Uh, he's also the chicken in Moana. Oh, he's done a he lot did. of Disney movies uh, yeah. now. He, he he's work. in literally like every Disney movie now. He's kind of one of their go-to people, and it might not always be like big he, standout role, but he's yeah. always like some ancillary character that like pops up. Is he the new Cliff Clavin? He he might be. He's Disney's Except- Cliff Clavin because. Pixar still uses John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger, that's his name. They have exclusive rights to it at this point now, I think, because he hasn't done anything else besides, like, Pixar movies. But he also uh, changes his voice for every (laughs) character, where John Ratzenberger's just like, Hey! Hey, John Ratzenberger! (laughs) I'm the same one. I'm Slink! (laughs) He wasn't Slink. That was Ernest. Oh, uh, he was the T-Rex. God rest his soul. Wait. Ernest meets God? Ernest meets God? Oh. Ernest is dead? Ernest is dead. Yeah. Ernest is dead. Throat cancer. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, how about that, Vern? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, complete random sidebar, again, from our sidebar, which sidebar on its own to Ernest. Oh. Uh, I went back and rewatched Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh. Because, you know. Um, filled in Walt Disney World. It's weird because, like, when he's driving, like, the taxi cab down the road at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, he's literally driving, like, to Disney property. Like, I recognize that bend in the road. Like, it's really weird. Uh, are you going to put up a sign Ernest was here on that on that? I should. Uh, I should road? put up, what, uh, like, just, like, a memorial sign uh-huh. for him. Yeah, I, I think. Like, never forget. I, sidebar. On the sidebar. <laughs> uh, Ernest Goes to Jail, I think, is the best of the Ernest movies. We're like CC's Pizza over here with endless sidebars yeah. of salads and pizzas and desserts. Ernest, Ernest or goes, Ponderosa. Ernest goes I don't to know camp, which. I think, is really good. But I think uh, Ernest... Uh, scared Stupid? Ernest Scared Stupid is probably the worst. Oh, Actually, it's the worst of the uh, theatrically released Ernest movies. I guess there's a ton of Ernest movies... They all went straight to video, especially like Ernest in Africa, which I guess is really racist. I can imagine. <laughs> what you mean, a southern comedian? I don't think he was southern. I don't, Jim Varney? He might have been southern, but he made. I don't think that's where he created the character. He was more like. Oh really? Oh, oh. I, don't, I don't know. As someone that lives in Florida, he seems very like South Florida esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Well, he was. He just had a character. Like, he was this old, like, almost like a goofy fisherman, right? To begin with, like, as, like, a, uh, yeah, like a sketch. In the swamps. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah, sketch like... character. Like, on a television show, right? He was... Yeah. Yeah. And then he started doing... Well, he started, he... Television specials, I would anyway, imagine. Anyway, he's Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, commercials. Cool. He, was do- he did a lot of commercials. Mm. Deadpool, 
Seems like the cl- classic tie-in to Jim Varney. Also broke the fourth wall, so it all ties in together, guys. There you go. Deadpool. It, new- it all makes sense in conversation. Yeah. That's, that's what we want this show to be. Wade Wilson is the earnest of Marvel superhero movies. And the Marvel superhero movies that we recently got another trailer for would actually be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which goes a little bit more into detail um, with all of the characters that we're going to be seeing, because mm-hmm. now officially Guardians, we have Mantis and Nebula, and also Yandu showed off a little bit more in the movie. Mm-hmm. Every time I think, man, I'm so excited for Guardians, May can't come soon enough, they put out another teaser or another trailer or another something. Mm-hmm. That shows more of the movie, and I'm like, I'm okay with them showing this much because none of it is connective. Like, I can't draw, like, lines between, like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. Like, everything stands on its own so well, and it's all so just crazy and perfect that I'm okay with them showing me, like, anything and everything. Like, keep bringing it on. I am on the exact opposite side of the table from you. I'm like... Because as, as I finished up watching the trailer right before the show, because I didn't realize it, I'm like, yeah, show off that uh, Kurt Russell is uh, is there and explain his role in the movie, because nobody wants to be surprised in the theater. Nobody wants to spend $10 and actually be like, watch a movie that they experience anything new while watching the movie. You know, it's, well, if, it's a little if much. If you're kind of in much. that comic book nerd bubble... You've already heard or read the yeah. news that either Kurt Russell was cast in the movie or the second movie is going to focus on Peter Quill's parentage. Like, you're going to find out who his father is. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's stuff that's been talked about for a while. Um, if you listen to anything, like, you find out that, you know, Kurt Russell was cast as Ego, the living planet. Like, it's... What? He's the yeah. living planet? No, he is. That. You know that. Yeah. Because I'm in that bubble. We talked about it. It's hard to be in that bubble, but still kind of not know things because it's so prevalent just in that nerd culture now. Like, we want to know more. We want to see what's coming up. Like, we like to be surprised, but we want to know the details of it going in. And they have done a good job by keeping the big bad, the big threat kind of quiet. What we know about the Guardians is they're out to save the galaxy. Again. Again. Uh, because they are kind of like bounty hunters slash bodyguards slash do-gooders. Do-gooders. You know, uh, if you have a job, we'll take it. We, we don't much care what it is. Kind of uh, if that's a phrase that's I think, used. I also think a little of it is... Firefly. A little of it more is they get collected and they're like, you need to do this or we're going to kill you or something like that. And they're kind of like feels like more they're forced into it, especially mm-hmm. when they're talking to that woman all in gold, and mm-hmm. she's talking about... Yeah, they're not conceited at all. Wink. Did I use my wrong eye? <laughs> uh, no, the trailer, the trailer just continues with the fun that you expect out of this. And this trailer, I think, gets me a little more amped up than the other trailers that did get me there. Yeah. Especially the moment where, like, Baby Groot is waving to Gamora while they're fighting, and she's like, yeah, hi, hi, yeah. Because it's like dealing with any kid while you're doing something important. And they come up to you and like, you're using a screwdriver. Yep. As I have one leg, and I'm trying to not you're, fall off the you're ladder. bouncing on the ladder with one foot. Yeah. 
because I'm My barely new reaching. My favorite thing to do is when I'm like watching any of the Marvel movies is whenever there's a joke, I just like to say to myself, "Still more humor than Batman for <laughs> Superman." Yeah. Uh, the one thing with that trailer, with that line, particularly of "Yeah, you're not conceited at all." Wink. I would have much rather all that come from Drax, where because he wouldn't. It's him like he doesn't get the concept of sarcasm, but it's him trying it and it not working. <laughs> Like, uh, but you get that when he's in space and he's shooting his gun and he's like, die, spaceship. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Fun movie. I'm glad that this is like one of our Marvel movies for this year. Um, I'm glad that it's going to be birthday movie for Paul and me. Yeah. Hey, I, I will be there I, for I put, birthday movie, so let's coordinate. I don't high five. I think high fives oh. are stupid, and I put a high five out for Paul. Well, I'm I'm looking at the photos of Ernest goes to Africa, and I am I'm like the ones that I oh, sent you. Yeah, I'm like man, Marvel's Black Panther is going to be really bad, guys. <laughs> oh, but no, 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 that's, no. You don't that's, have to worry. That's Jim Barney in there. Jim Barney not connected. Uh, <laughs> what was the other trailer we were going to talk? Oh, uh, uh, pirates. You got pirates, a little yeah. little Batman, more yeah. explaining what the pirates movie is about, which. Grabs me even more for this. Because they use that the same uh, young and down technology from uh, the Marvel Captain America. America. Captain America Civil War when uh, we got the young young Iron Man at the very beginning. We get, it, we get the young Johnny Depp with uh, baby Jack Sparrow. <laughs> baby face Jack Sparrow. The, yeah. Stealing the compass that he has in the first three movies. And holy crap, this movie looks really cool. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, but like, I, I've always enjoyed the Pirates movies. The fourth one, eh, not great. I haven't seen it since I originally saw it in theaters. But man, Dead Men Tell No Tales looks really cool. It well, looks like it's back to the original formula. And you got a, yeah. you got a, another great villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a good villain with uh, Jeffrey Rush in the first one. And then there wasn't, like, to me, there wasn't really a good villain. Like, the Davy Jones stuff didn't work for him. He was a CGI monster. It didn't work. Where Javier uh, Baudet was, whatever, uh, I can't, I don't know. I don't think it's Javier Baudet. I feel bad Baudet. 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 Something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it's Javier Baudet? Yeah. He's the he's the villain in it. And again, Paul, as you say, uh, a uh, CGI monster, he's definitely CGI'd in there, but he's... But you can still see him as a person. Yeah, and, not. and he's he's even more menacing now. Where in that first teaser trailer, he seemed um, almost like comical. Mm-hmm. Where now he seems like he's just he's a ghost on revenge and filled with rage. And that makes him scarier. Yeah, now. Javier Bardem. Yeah. So uh, no, it it looks really good. Uh, he lost a lot of weight for this movie. It seems because normally I see him. All that being dead at sea. Yeah. Normally I see him and he's like uh, dying in uh, dying someplace, like dying as a dad in uh, that one television show that everybody loves on CW with the two brothers going cross country and killing monsters. That is not the same guy. Not the same guy. No. Dying in uh, on uh, the, <laughs> the diving bell. No, not the diving bell. Uh, with the nurses. The nurses, uh, dying with the nurses. Dying with all the nurses. Are you my father trying to explain a movie to me? (laughs) No, no, television shows. You know the guy. No, yeah, that's the same guy. That was me. We got Michael Keaton, though. (laughs) You're talking about the guy who, uh, 
who plays uh, the villain on Walking Dead. You're you're looking at the wrong actor. Yeah, the Walking Jeffrey, Dead guy. Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan. Yes. Oh, that's the different guy. <laughs> Super different. Is he? Well, one's from the United States and one's from Spain. I don't see nationality when I look at people's nationality. when I look at people's faces like a typical white person. Wow, Paul. Wow. Okay, what's the guy's name we that I was thinking of? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean. Okay, like Thomas Wayne in like the uh, Batman back. Like, oh yeah, he looks back. completely different from the guy I'm looking at. No, he doesn't. One has a beard. <laughs> That's it. Uh, no, they both have beards. This guy. So you're telling me this guy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, is yeah. not this guy. Yeah. This guy is not guy, this guy? A, yeah, they are not the same. <laughs> they are, the they same are not the same guy, Paul. <laughs> they are the same guy. One speaks with a Spanish accent. The other one speaks with a American, quote-unquote, accent. Yeah, they're not the same. Look at these pictures. One, one was in uh, No Country for Old Men. In one... The other was the comedian in The Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you're sure they're not the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure everyone's sure they're not the same guy, Paul. <laughs> Pretty sure they know I they're think not the same like guy. You're like the only person that's ever really gotten them confused. No. This is not being like a little kid and like seeing Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell being like, oh, they both got mullets. Uh, Chris, I just sent you the pictures of, and I'm like, I'm still confused by which I will never tell these men apart. I'm sorry, I won't. Uh, and much like how I will never tell Huey Louie Dewey apart, because they all had the same voice until now. Right, Chris? Okay, Paul, the pictures, sorry, the pictures that you sent, yeah, they look kind of similar, but I can still tell which one Jeffrey D. Morgan is. <laughs> it's the guy with the beard. Yeah, tussled but, hair. Well, they both have beards and tussled hair. One's one got more. Like a comedian from Watchmen. <laughs> One's got scruff. One was, the, one was the, also the, vil, the the villain in No Country for Old Men, or the villain yeah, because, in Skyfall. Like, there's a big difference between the two of them. Oh yeah, yeah. One's married to Penelope Cruz. To the Ducktales trailer that came out. <laughs> one's forty eight. One's fifty. One's white. The other one's white. One no, six two. One's six two. The other one's six two. How will I ever tell them apart? One, I would, I would say Javier is, you know, he's Spanish. I wouldn't say he's exactly white. <laughs> you mean, I think you're, you're labeling things very oddly, Paul, here. I guess so. But you know who are white? Those ducks in the DuckTales movies show trailer that I watched, which looks yes. incredibly fun. Uh, I like that they make reference to both Donald and Uncle Scrooge being adventurers. Uh, yeah. Especially having grown up uh, playing and loving the Sega game Quackshot with Donald. I first I wasn't like the biggest fan of the new art style for this cartoon. Like art, art direction for cartoons now has gotten very minimalistic. Um, I know sometimes, like I mean, growing up in the '80s watching stuff like Ninja Turtles, it wasn't the best. But I feel like we made enough steps in animation that everything doesn't need to be. Like that blocky Dexter's Laboratory style, because right. I mean that's very Gendy Tartowski. Like I see that and I think him. Um, so while I might not be the biggest fan of this this look, especially when compared to the old Ducktales, 
man, the show looks like it's going to be a lot, lot of fun. Uh, I applaud them for actually giving Huey, Dewey, and Louie characteristics. Like, they're mm-hmm. different characters now. They're not just, like, one of three. Like, they all kind of stand on their own. Um, glad to see the launch pad back in action. Uh, I, I'm glad that this is David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck, who's kind of going out to recapture that former glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old, Uncle Scrooge, what happened to you? You used to be somebody. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm back at adventure. And he's nailing that voice, that Scrooge McDuck voice, David Tennant. It's, I'm going to, for, I'm going to be watching the episodes and forgetting it's him. Uh, also, he will be just be Scrooge McDuck. DuckTales was commissioned for a second season. Wow. Like this, we will be getting at least two seasons of that, which is, you know, really cool as like one of those Disney afternoon kids growing up. Like, yeah, I want to see more of that. Back in when we were growing up, though, a season for cartoons was like almost 30 episodes, you know, and now we don't like what's the season anymore? Is it going to be eight episodes for the first season? And then I think we're still looking probably about like 20 episodes, maybe like 22, 26. And is this uh, Disney XD or Disney Channel only? Yeah, or? This is uh, Disney XD. Oh, OK, so got to pay extra for that XD ish. Put down the extra dim, but it looks really good. I'm I'm excited for it, and uh, I'm going to hopefully watch it online or something because I don't know how I would get Disney XD. Um, don't you have like? I do have cable, but that's a premium. Like that's oh, a next step up. Well, like you have to buy I, the family pack or something. You know, it's I imagine like stupid Amazon paywalls. Prime or something. We'll probably have it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've I'm never saying. used Amazon Prime. I I know they get shows and stuff though, so. I have it. It would be something you'd, I think it would be something you pay for. Um, it's not something that, the XD stuff I haven't seen come up on Amazon Prime for free watching. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would. I remember what else we had for news. Uh, there was that stuff about Xbox, but we, we sidebarred on sidebar, so we're good. Yes, uh, sidebar quick, um, this really bothered me because every comic book news website was calling this your first look at Jason Momoa's Aquaman. But we got a first look at Jason well, Momoa's. We did. In, we actually saw him in the movie, in oh, Batman vs. Superman. It just proves yet again nobody wants to see that movie. Nobody cares about that movie. Uh, it's like uh, it's on HBO Go right now, and I'm just like, nope. Why would I do that to myself? And when when do I just have a free seven hours to watch shit? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't you do that last Saturday with uh, those four movies he watched? No, because Chopping Mall is one of the greatest things ever. Uh, there's a difference between watching a bad movie and a bad movie. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a difference between a Batman book. It's a Batman book, too, I guess. You know, it's, There is. Moments. You know this for a fact. <laughs> yeah. I wa- no, I, uh, to to, to the listeners, to the listeners, I watched Jim Cotta. Which watched the trailer for that because it's amazing, and I watched Chopping Mall. Watched the trailer to that because it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I also watched Ford Fairlane, starring uh, Ford, Andrew what Ford Fairlane. Ford Fairlane. Okay, is that starring? A, is that a street? No, it's a type of car. Oh, uh, starring Andrew Dice Clay. Which had one of the greatest payoffs ever because he's a rock and roll detective, and an Australian band that he was helping gave him a koala bear as payment. Hmm. He gets in trouble with these 
crazy thugs, and at one point he walks into his apartment to see that they've hung the koala bear by the ceiling fan, and it's <laughs> just spinning around on the ceiling fan. Don't worry though, he shows up at the end in a neck brace, sunbathing, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It had like it had some couple. It had a couple really good gags. How many clocks did he have in his office? Because Andrew Dice Clay really likes rhyming about clocks. Uh, That's all I know about his humor. I don't know because uh, uh, what's her name was his assistant, who's who was hot at the time. Um, she was married to. She was in uh, Dumb and Dumber, the redhead from Dumb and Dumber. I will. I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm talking no. to Chris. What's I, your face? I honestly don't remember. She was hot. I, know who you're ta- I can see who you're talking about, but yeah. Have you heard about them? Samsonite. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jim Varney. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, uh, we got our other first look at Jason Momoa uh, in the Aquaman movie, or as Aquaman from Justice League. But we saw him yeah, in the truth. Exactly. Like, I, I wasn't loud by it. Um, it's very cool CGI-y. thing. It looks like he's talking to Ocean Master, which, you know, everyone's like, oh, Ocean Master is going to be the like main villain. And it's like, okay, that's cool. This is the kind of comic book hype news that I'm like, oh, it's, it's hype news. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Oh. Or even the, the Deadpool teaser. It, it's just, I mean, it's just him kind of swimming up. And I yeah. mean, is that. Is that the king of the ocean right now? You know, like it, it, it gives you nothing. It gives it gives you nothing. It's just him like swimming up, <laughs> and it's like you saw better, better swim action elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Question mark. Uh, the, there's nothing in that that not that, that does not lead me to thinking that Aquaman is lame. Not Aquaman thinking I'm lame. It's non-news being news. <laughs> Because who cares? You know what is not news? That's news is our books that we're picking. Looking forward to most coming out March 8th. And Paul, what do you think Chris is looking forward to? Chris is looking forward to uh, a new number one coming out from... Oh, there's no new number one from IDW? I don't know. Where where is it coming Uh, from? Is it from Uh, Marvel? No. It is from Marvel. That's a poster. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no. those posters they threw me off. What is it then? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to Man Thing number one. Oh, five issue series, uh, being written by R.L. Stein with art from Daniel Warren Johnson. Oh, this is giving me and goosebumps. This is R.L. Stein telling the story of Man Thing, who, after years of working at it, has been able to regain part of his humanity can now speak and has become like Hollywood's newest sensation. I don't think this will be a good book. I am going into it and read it as a bumps like, Oh, it's kind (laughs) of kids. It's like a B movie, like horror comedy book. Like I'm going into this, not thinking it's going to be serious, which I think will probably help me think it's not terrible. Because if I go in expecting it to be like an awesome man thing book, it you're going to be let down no matter who's writing or drawing it. Like there's no such thing as an awesome man thing book. But yeah, it's a five issue miniseries. I don't know if I will buy the rest, but hey, it's R.L. Stein, and who didn't love Goosebumps growing up? Uh, I pay no attention to Fear Street 
because I feel like Fear Street was a knockoff Goosebumps. I did not read any of them. Go ahead, John. Uh, no, this is definitely this was on my radar, and I almost picked this book, but I was like, I'll probably buy it, but I don't want it to be my pick. So thank you, Chris, for picking it. You're welcome. I, I thought I would get scoffed at, especially by Chris, for picking this book. No, the- honestly, it, it's a really light week for me. There's only like three or four books coming out that I'm buying, and it's like Green Lanterns um, or Hell Jordan and the New Green Lantern or whatever. Um, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, and then there's Wicked and Divine coming out. So this was kind of like the only book that stood out to me that was like, oh, that's something that I want to read. Isn't Detectives coming coming out too? I don't think it is. Okay. Um, Possibly, but it, I, I don't have it on my pull list, so I might have just missed it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, it, especially with R.L. Stein working mm-hmm. on it, Man-Thing is one of those characters that I always... You always like. I always want to read. I was like, "Oh yeah, that'll be fun." Like, because it's supposed to be he's going after like he's almost like a, a, a spirit of vengeance kind of a thing. Oh, like a toxic avenger, and uh, a toxic avenger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I like yeah. that you said it, and then you whispered "avenger" into the <laughs> microphone. Toxic, well, I was, I almost, I had a little too much uh, phlegm. In my I, voice. I was going to say too much to drink. Uh, yeah, but I had cheese before the podcast. <laughs> Wrong thing to do. Um. So it was one of those things that I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind, especially with R.L. Stein doing it. It it's like a gimmick. It is a gimmick, right? Uh, so yeah, it it, it it totally is. And it was going to get me to buy it, but uh, I'm glad Chris is, and I can <laughs> save my money. Um, save your four dollars. <laughs> I'm going to be spending four dollars as well. Cause I'm buying oh, I'm a Marvel right. book. And what Marvel book is it? Uh, I'm going to try to get back into the series of Dr. Aphra. Uh, You know, written by Carrie Gillian, art by uh, Ken Weaver. uh, Kev Walker. Wow, I have been drinking. Uh, Dr. Aphra, she's the archaeologist slash Sith agent that secretly works for Vader. Okay. Yeah, searching out old hidden uh, Jedi temples and stuff and tracking down the old, you know, basically doing the legwork. Hey, there's probably a Jedi Do over here. Do you think she is oh, Snoke? I think she's Snoke. No. If you keep on doing this, John, I was just saying everybody is Snoke. Eventually you will be right. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Eventually you'll be right. I think she might be Snoke. Because why else have this book if she's not Snoke? Because she's not Snoke. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I, sorry. I'm every video on YouTube. No, no, no. It's, it's Mace Windu Snoke. Yeah, yeah, he's Snoke. Dude, you know, he's totally Snoke. Kylo Ren is Snoke. <gasps> oh my god! It's Fight Club. What a twist! He does. They don't even know. Man, it's it's his dark side projected. It's kind of like that scene in. Uh... All right, just go back to your book. No, I kind of want to go through this. This sounds so no, boring. I don't know. I mean, you've probably missed like all the breadcrumbs that they left because Snoke is totally Aunt Beru. Oh, yeah, yeah. Explain that's a burning. Stars. That's a burning hot take. Much Ooh. like Amperu. But yeah, Dr. Aphra. Uh, yeah, so hey, if people seem to like the series, it's number five. I'm going to give this a look, see if I like it, and then start picking it up and trade if, I, if it I seems something see, interesting. Like, all those Star Wars books, because we love the Star Wars books, but we kind of fell off of them just because it became a tsunami of books. Like They were putting out so much stuff, and it was all good that you kind of 
And they all melded together. read all of them? So you don't read any of them. But right now they're all on sale on Comixology for like one ninety nine each. Mm-hmm. And I might go back and pick those up then. It's you know, it's exactly that problem where I would pick up the Star Wars book, the next Star Wars book, and I'd be like, wait, is this the one that I was reading? Which which one is this? Like I would get confused. This is the the Empire Divided. No, this is is this following wait, what did Poe Dameron do in the last book? Wait, no, there was a Poe Dameron book. So that one's different from this book where Poe Dameron showing up and also it was very confusing. I guess uh like the go ahead. Uh, there's like uh in the um Lando book, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Lando steals Palpatine's spaceship. Of course. And it's like full of like Sith stuff, like uh like from the one of their pyramids and stuff that he was bringing <laughs> holocrons like to study from and stuff. But yeah, Lando, Lando steals, steals it from them. The yeah. worst thing about all the Star Wars books was that they made me care too much, and I wanted them all, which I knew was not feasible. Yeah. When you're trying to buy comic books on a budget, like, and not go back to like what you used to do in the early 2000s, where you spend a hundred dollars a week at the comic book well, store, when you were leaving friends, living with a friend, splitting a splitting a bachelor pad, not needing it's, to take girls out. Uh, you guys did take girls out. Yeah, we we did. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, ladies, man. You guys would just bring them home to bone. <laughs> did it a couple times, I guess. No, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, Anywho, John, talk about your man thing. <laughs> oh wait, no, we were just doing that. Talk about. Uh, the, the Hellboy book you're looking forward to. Hellboy in the BPRD 1954 Ghost Moon is what I'm picking up, written by Mike Manola. Uh, art by Brian Chirilla. Uh, it's going back to a kind of a prequel, 1954. Uh, Professor um, Broom is still there. Uh, one of his friends calls in a favor from Hellboy, and he's going to... Um, investigate these hauntings in China. Hellboy is. Hellboy is. Okay. Uh, I love Hellboy. I fell out of picking up Hellboy in Hell just because it went from it went from being on the Dark Horse app to then being on Comixology. Comixology. So I was like, I don't want to split them up. I'll wait till it comes out in trade. I love Hellboy. I'm always there to pick up something by Mike Manola as well. And this seems like it'll be fun in what I love from Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And it's. Uh, I, I loved Hellboy. Um, John, I'm glad you kind of like brought that to the friend group when you started reading that. I kind of fell off reading the Hellboy books, but I was a big fan of the BPRD stuff. And I read that for years because they were doing like the consistent, like, oh, here's a four or five issue miniseries. It wraps up. Here's the next one, and they were all kind of like their own self-contained story with an overarching um, story. But I I fell off of it once I made the jump to reading digital, and Dark Horse had their own app and not Comicsology. So I'm I'm looking forward to actually kind of dipping my my Abe Sapien toe back into that water. Mm-hmm. He has what feet? <laughs> I don't know if he has a toe. Uh. And then I'll take us to the beer that Paul and I are drinking. Yeah, this is the fresh Weyerbacher Sunday Morning Stout. It's a stout. Hey, it is Sunday morning. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's still technically Sunday morning. Uh, no, it's afternoon. Uh, yes, stout no. aged in bourbon barrels with coffee at 12.7% alcohol by volume. Uh, a friend of mine uh, said that this is also known as the KBS Killer. Uh, I don't know about that quite yet. It is pretty good. It's got all coffee up front. It's a big coffee. And I'm enjoying that. It does have a little bit of that bourbon mid-palate. And then I get the, you know, that alcohol intenseness at the back end it's definitely a sipper uh john it's definitely a sipper one more time i'm going to tell you it's definitely a sipper mr pounded the three beers so far (laughs) uh and it also is more than a whole percent higher than their last year uh their last year which we will be drinking was 11.3 and this one is 12.7 i do enjoy that they did print on the bottle itself the bottle date of two fourteen seventeen, and then also a drink by date of two fourteen nineteen. So that's kind of nice, you know. They give yeah. you both dates, uh, and also, I mean, I think this might be one of the freshest uh, barrel aged beers we've had with it having been three maybe, weeks. Yeah, three weeks old. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of. In- I think that's on an interesting yeah. side for us. Uh, big coffee. Uh, we have a year-old bottle that was given to me as a gift from one of my salesmen, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the difference. But then again, like it's going to be a bigger difference, especially with that percentage mm-hmm. uh, difference. So I'm expecting a little more. It's a different beer completely at it, this point. I, I'm expecting something extremely more smooth from that last I'm not, last year's bottle. I'm not disappointed with this at all, though. No, I think it's good, and I think definitely tasting it, it mm-hmm. has. Definitely ageability. Yeah. Uh, I probably, if... I really like the big coffee up front. If we like this next year at this time, mm-hmm. I would probably drink all of the aged bottles and not give it, maybe give set one aside to age the two years, you know? Oh, okay. Because okay. it says... So, it says but out of the three pack that we have, three that were remaining, we're aging those three. Yeah. Okay. And, and I will also be aging the bottles that I bought as well. Oh. Huh. Um, aha! Uh-huh. So seven bottles to be aged. We will age them so all. So not, not a KBS killer, but it could be better. I just have such fond memories of KBS, especially when we got to go to the brewery with you, Chris. So there's that, I, I, there's that emotion tied up. There's the nostalgia with KBS. This, I think this. I like the coffee more than KBS. On I this. like this better than this. This this. Mm-hmm. This year's version of that, I like this better than KBS. Better fresh, but wait and see aged. Yeah. I get more bourbon and that vanilla, that sweetness from KBS. This, I get more see, coffee. I, didn't, I, got, I, I think it's too... I, I, got think it's, co- I got hot coffee off of the 2016 KBS. Do you get a lot of hot coffee, Chris, on the, you know, the it, 2016? I really don't. Like, I alcohol, have maybe like... A mouthful left in my glass, and I just mm-hmm. stick my nose in to like take a sniff, and it's it's like rubbing alcohol, like it's mm-hmm. just an alcohol burn. Like I don't get any notes of like vanilla or coffee. This hmm. is a smooth. I mean, I get a lot of alcohol on the nose, and it's coffee. It's like it's like you you accidentally spilled your coffee grounds into a glass of bourbon, and then you're like, ah, I love bourbon too much. I'm just gonna keep drinking it, <laughs> and you take that sip. It's like I brewed coffee with uh, vodka. <laughs> I, I would say you'd brew coffee with bourbon. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
But that would bring us... On the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the nose, it's coffee and vodka. I'll give you Because that. it's all just alcohol. It is big alcohol. Woof. Whiff. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got something big coming up right now, right, John? That's right. We have a dramatic reading. Chapter 36, page 7, panel 3 of Saga. Friendo! And that was from chapter... 36, page 7, panel 3, of Saga. You're welcome, listeners. I backed the hell away from the mic to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. You were ears. in the ring. You were in the room with me. I couldn't tell you did. <laughs> uh, uh, I will say I just poured myself my uh, last bottle of Backwards Bastard from this ooh. year. And this is still just a great beer. There... There's still some four packs out on the shelf that I've seen, and I'm like, I got two left. Do I? Should I get another four pack? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? All right, guys, you convinced me. (laughs) I'm sorry for that long debate, listeners, but I think we really needed to discuss that as long as we needed to. I I think that's the rule. You see Backwoods Bastard, you buy Backwoods Bastard. It's up there. Anytime I, like, when I'm, like... I have Javier Padem, or what's that other guy's name, staring at me right now on my Facebook, and I don't... And he's just convincing me I should drink all the beer. Uh, We can get into our monthly look back. Uh, Light month for us all. Um, Shaping up to be that way this month as well. And uh, I have more books uh, for March than I did for February, which was none. Yeah, and I think all of us have a couple well, more books. For pounded, pounded twice for me. It was a heavy month because that absolute Wonder Woman that finally came in the mail. Woo! Can brain somebody with that. And yeah. also the uh, art of the DC Comics bombshell line that came in. And uh, I also ordered one other trade. So pounded twice in February. A lot. Number of books that we actually are going to read. Not so much. Uh, just being three. And that was kind of the thing for me, like for February too, is every book that I was reading was just like my typical, like, oh, this is a book that you I gave read. gave it back to me, you idiot. Month to month. Like, it's, nothing stood out as something that I had to get. And the books that I did pick that were new number ones uh, for the list, when I actually looked at them, when they came out, like the preview pages, I was just kind of like, eh, no, I don't want to put that money towards this book because it's it's not even something that's worth discussing. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel about Kingpin number one. Uh, this is written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by uh, Ben Torres. Uh, this is Wilson Fisk having been released from prison, serving his time, and is hiring a down-on-their-luck reporter to write his uh, story, Mm -hmm. to tell his story in a book to get him across that, yes, he was bad, these are the reasons why he was bad, and he's a good man now. Uh, And this is the worst way to start a book that is telling the past of a character. Because I bought this book because it was going to tell the rise of the Kingpin. Oh, okay. That's what this book was sold on. And instead, I have Wilson Fisk attempting to be a good guy and get this writer to write his story. 
No, this is... Well, I didn't come in with that baggage, so I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. This is a egomaniacal psychopath that wants to manipulate people into liking him. And to do this, he got this book deal, and he's going to first... Okay, he I don't think he has a book deal. One. I think this is him making... Like, he's going to have her yeah. write it and then sell it. Uh, okay. Uh, I thought he... But I thought in the book they were like, no, I have this book deal. I'm looking for a ghostwriter uh, for an autobiography. And you're, you're it. And he picks the person that can be manipulated, somebody that's going through a divorce, that's living in a shitty apartment, that used to be a big name in journalism covering... You know, uh, world events and world news. And now she's back. Now she's prize fighter. Yeah, now she's like writing boxing uh, stories. You know, for the local sport, local sports section because that's all she can get. Um, somebody that needs money, and he can manipulate her through that way, and he can put on the good face for the 15, 20 minutes at a time that he's going to be around her, and still do some shitty ass shit. Uh, on the back end. I think one of the killers of this book is uh, the art. I didn't like see, I, see, I didn't mind the art. What mm-hmm. killed it for me was it was so wordy that I just I didn't want to keep reading. Well, I had thought I picked up the book and I had thought I had read half of the book and it turned out I had read four pages. Because mm-hmm. when, I, when I bought the book... Okay. I read. I thought I read half of the book, and then when I sat down last night before the show to read the to read the rest of the book, I was like, I only read four pages. I actually just figured that out now too that I only read four pages and had to continue reading this book. Wow! Uh, but that, I'm that's gonna... the thing. Like, it's a lot of content that really doesn't deliver much. Okay. And honestly, like, I don't want to say I didn't finish this book because I browsed through it. I, and like the panels that I read, I was like, "Oh my god, he's still just talking about shit." This doesn't matter. Like, okay, nope, they're getting mugged. Oh, he's giving the guy a dollar. He's trying to play it off as good. Okay. Yeah, and like he has a moment where he's sitting in a donut shop, and he goes, "This <laughs> donut shop kind of means a lot to me. I used to work here." And the reporter's like, "Oh, I could. It's kind of funny. Think of you making donuts." And he was like, "No, I used to sit here and sell drugs when mm-hmm. I was a teenager." That would have been a more interesting story than Wilson Fisk playing, like, to me, to me right, playing right, right. that, like, oh, no, here, I'm going to wheel and deal you, I sent you a dress, da, 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 da. because, like, oh, he got out of prison, yet he's still a millionaire, he's still rich, he's still yeah, hoity-toity rubbing elbows with the governor and this, this person, and mm-hmm. having the district attorney, who's Matt Murdock, at his fundraising party his party that the he's best having part of this book was like that page where matt murdoch's there uh, yeah when he was like eh, i didn't know sparkling uh i don't know apple juice made you drunk like uh-huh. yeah, yeah. thing this book i think could have been better i think okay. playing it is him manipulating her to write his story doesn't sell the his the, the history of the kingpin and his rise it gives you a full issue explaining him manipulating her to write a story, because then I feel the rest of the issues are going to be those chapters of him 
rising to be the kingpin. Where okay. just start there with number one. You don't need a reason. Just go. Hey, this is the kingpin at nineteen doing yeah. some crime. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense than you wanted him in the donut shop at fourteen selling the narcotics. Talking his way out of getting or paying off the cop that is shaking him down. Exactly. And That's more interesting. All that. I didn't come in with that baggage. So what was the Seth Rogen movie that destroyed Sony Pictures and gave us the Spider-Man Homecoming? The one that with Kim Jong-il? Oh, the interview. Oh, the interview. That movie was great. I this liked is, the movie a lot. This is the interview yeah. done seriously. You didn't like that brown sugar? I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the interview quite a bit. Um, but this is the the interview I mean, for the Marvel Comics. Ruined Sony Pictures. If any movie ruined Sony Pictures, it was Amazing Spider-Man Two, and if, it's no fault of Andrew Garfield or Mark Webb, the director. It was them just trying to be like, "Hey, let's make a thing with Spider-Man and introduce a." billion things and hope for the best that was them like it's already shooting and in you know it's it's in production and them changing the script because they're gonna extend it more movies and have a spin-off and they want this uh, yeah, yeah the, the studios the studio ruined the well, studio i'm talking about the hacking that happened because of the interview and all, all that right, came okay. out all right you know. that makes more sense then yeah not because the, I, not the I, movie I, but the movie well the movie <laughs> The movie, the interview, caused the hacking, which caused the leaks, which caused everything else to happen. Subject matter of the movie, not the movie. Yes. I forget where I was or what I was doing, but I was somewhere where someone started talking about Spider-Man movies, and I was just flying on the wall at this entire like conversation. And they started talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2, and they were like, Fucking Paul Giamatti is the rhino, the worst rhino ever. And I was like, well, I didn't mind him, but it was so shoehorned in. Like I could understand kind of like what they were coming from because at first it kind of just came off as that like, oh, like here's rage because it's something to rage about. But <laughs> then at the same time, it was like, no, like you put him in there just to have him in there as something that you could try to like springboard that as something else. Like that entire movie didn't need to happen besides. The Gwen Stacy stuff, like the Spider-Man story proper, was okay, but I didn't on its own. Like the what that movie was meant to be didn't work. They cut out the entire Mary Jane like side story. Like mm-hmm. they had someone cast as Mary Jane Watson. They filmed like half the movie with her in it, and then they're like, "Uh, no, this doesn't work." And then they cut that all out. He kind of makes you want a director's like a like uh the uh, Superman two, the Jeffrey Donner like the, the not Mark the Jeffrey cut. the Donner cut the Donner cut not, not Jeffrey Donner cut that's a whole <laughs> different cut <laughs> Jeffrey Donner cuts you find in your refrigerator <laughs> yeah people bunch of heads and dicks Richard Donner uh cut of uh yeah Sp- uh, Superman one and two or just Superman two I think it was just two yeah well they were filming one and two back to back yeah believe. together yeah um. No, I, I never saw Amazing Spider-Man 2. I watched Amazing Spider-Man 1 and liked it because Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone had such chemistry. It was the like most believable part of that yeah. movie. And then the more I've watched Emma Stone in like romantic comedies, I'm like, oh, she can pull that off with anybody. you know? Especially Gosling. Yeah, yeah, and La La Land. 
Well, they've been in other movies together. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Silver Linings. No. No, that's uh, that's no. uh, what's her name Jennifer from? Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And Silver yeah. Lions, and that isn't so, even Ryan Gosling. Gosling, you are way off with that. That's, I that's I Rocket Raccoon. And I don't care. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've always said Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence are the poor hands. <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yes, I've heard you say that quite a bit. It's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. Chris had one wish for his tombstone. That'd be so... It would be amazing Everything. because they would sh- those four people would show up to your grave site and just be Here's like, thing, okay. Everything we've talked about now has been so much more interesting <laughs> than the Kingpin book. I was just about to say, we've really gotten quite a bit away from Kingpin. I have to say, Kingpin was my favorite of the three books we read. Really? I enjoyed really? it. It was, it was that, it was that silver tongued devil just slowly manipulating somebody. But it wasn't even were, like good. It wasn't even done. I, I don't think it was done that well. You, because she knows she's being manipulated, but she's like, "What other choice do I have?" So it's that. Oh, and the ending with the junkie. Yeah, oh. because yeah, he killed her. He killed him. And but that's oh, that you end. knew. He knew he was ending and up dead. She was like, as soon as he got that twenty dollars, he would dead. The stupid reason for her having to go use a phone booth, where she has a working phone booth right down the block for her, and then being like, "I'm a reporter." Oh, it's the junkie I saw. So stupid. That that was the nail in the coffin that I was like, fuck this book. Because I think that's the thing. Can I introduce the next book? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, because, Paul, this was your favorite over something like Super Sons, which, written by Pete Tomasi, Mm -hmm. or by Jorge Jimenez, which tells the story of Bruce Wayne's son, Damien, and Superman's son, Jonathan, having playdates versus <laughs> Damien being like, you have superpowers. Like, you're going to let that bully throw rocks at you? Like, I'm going to also pretend to be your bus driver. It was so ridiculous. It oh, was man. so much fun. It's ridiculous, but it's fun, and it works for these characters. And <laughs> granted, I don't know a lot about um, Jonathan Kent. Like, I haven't seen him in too much stuff besides what we read at the beginning of the Rebirth relaunch where it's like oh okay no like superman and lois they do have a son like okay uh-huh. here we are now right Pete because Masi writing damien as just like no i'm like this spoiled rich kid i know better than what you know you do better than me because you're superman's kid this this book was a lot of fun and there's literally just like nothing to it besides like jonathan kent going to school hanging out with his school friends, and Damien, like, lingering in the background as the bus driver on stilts. Yeah, he had to be on stilts because I was going to say, how did his feet reach the pedals? He's but, shorter but than the, the other things is like, Jonathan Kent. Like, Batman not taking him out on patrol because he's like, Alfred said you're behind school. But then, like, instead of, like, on your schoolwork, and then instead of doing schoolwork, he sneaks he, out. He sneaks out and then... Get, on Alfred, which wouldn't happen. And then, well, Alfred probably let him do it. Like he knows. He knows what's going on. He knows that he's hanging out with Superman's yeah, kid. Much. He knows what's going on. He's keeping track of that kid. He's got tabs on him. He's got the satellites. But then he's uh, like, like he's he shows up in Jonathan Kent's room and then goats him on going out and on an adventure with him. Like it's fun. Like you have the straight laced and then you have the bratty kid who 
can manipulate the straight lace kid to do the things. It's a great partnering of these two characters. And especially like those first pages. The only thing I have problem with this book is the we start with four issues in. And it's yeah. it's Superboy carrying Damien on his back. And Damien like, I don't need you to carry me. You know, though like it's that bratty kid with uh-huh. with him and it's like fine, I'll need to, I don't need to carry you either. Like screw you. And then they have the robots around him. Like, but then Wait, you're not sure. But then it goes back like three weeks in the past. Mm-hmm. And that like I hate that kind of storytelling. I don't like it when it doesn't end. It doesn't end where with, they left where, off. Where it started. Yeah. So you're like, how many issues do I have to get through to get to the first page? But I don't mind getting through these issues. I plan on picking number two up. I plan okay. on picking number three mm-hmm. up. I plan on picking number four up because it is a fun book with characters that I know and don't know. Right. I just, I don't understand Damian Wayne. I really don't. Because he's like, well, my mom killed my professor after I could get my doctorate. And so there's parts where he's just would just snap somebody's neck. And then there's parts where he his best plan is to be like, but I'm going to masquerade as your science professor. But that's the thing about Damien, though, is he's such a shit kid that he wants you to know that he thinks he's better than you. But his best but plans still, are the plans that are hatched by, like, the but little rascals. But he's still a kid. As much as someone who is trying to be an adult and doesn't mm-hmm. need this or that, he's still he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing about it is he's a... But that's something, like... He, like, him talking about, like, I've been driving since I was five, like... He's a master always, assassin. He's trying to one-up everyone around him constantly. The, my my, my favorite part was the, well, you wouldn't have blasted me, I would have dodged it, and then cr- crippled you with a kick to your solar plexus. And then he, it, then Jonathan says, well, I would have dodged your solar plexus kick and exactly. punched you into like, next week. It's little kid stuff, and it's, it's fun. This book is just meant to be fun. And, like, them sneaking into LexCorp and Lex catching them, like, again, it's, like, it's fun. This is this is the best book. This is the thumbs up of the three books we read. The other books, to me, and were all thumbs And that's why I don't know why down. Paul liked Kingpin. <laughs> of course. Uh, Wait, he didn't have a really enjoyable time before he read this book to be in the right mindset. <laughs> no, I, I actually read Kingpin first. I read this one. No, I read Justice League first. I read uh, yeah. Kingpin second and this one third. And I, this was I good. Read, I read Justice League first, then I read Kingpin, and then I quote unquote finished Kingpin to read this one. And I was like, oh, this was the best one. This was my second of the three picks. I didn't. The only one I didn't really like was the book that I bought, which was Justice League of America. I liked this book. It was it was really good. Uh, I think I have a better overall feeling of all three books than you two do. Uh, I am excited to see where this goes. Wow. Shady, but okay. Yeah, well, you guys have been throwing shade at me about my liking of the Kingpin. But no, I probably like this book just as much as you guys did. I just like Kingpin a hell of a lot more than you two. Because <laughs> I like to see that manipulative character working in the background. Uh, and that's what we're getting from Damien here. I just... He's just so weird, this character. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Damien because I just don't know. At no point do I ever know what his drive is. 
Does he want to please his dad? No, he wants to do his own thing. But he does want to please his dad, yet he wants to prove that he's better than his dad. I'm just confused by where like, where I, they want to go with it. I feel like the Kingpin's not manipulative, though, if you know exactly what he's trying to do. We do, but that's the yeah, that's the fourth like, wall. We do, and but that's that's the thing, though. Like you go into that book knowing that he's just going to be trying to like play everything to his strength, and it, it doesn't make it interesting. Like if it was the background story, like if it's, we were reading like the Kingpin's origin from the viewpoint of the report, like if the reporter was the main character and like, this was in the, like the background of a Daredevil story, like that might've been interesting, but it's too much Kingpin for it to actually like carry any weight because you're seeing everything more from his viewpoint and you know that he's shitty. Right. It's the magician sawing the woman in half. You know, the woman is going to be sawed in half. It's the magician telling you step by step how he actually does it. But in the last, what, like six, seven years that we've had Damien, you realize that he is a dicky kid, Mm -hmm. selfish, right? Who is looking for, he wants the acceptance of Dick Grayson. He wants the acceptance of his father, but at the same time, he doesn't know exactly how to do that. And he would never admit to wanting that acceptance. Mm-hmm. Well, he does with Dick Grayson. At right. least he did with right before, Grant Morrison. Right before he died. Right. Right before he died, which was just... No, even even with like them rolling around in the cool bat plane car thingy, they actually came to that agreement like during the Batman and Robin, like Grant Morrison run. They, they actually hashed that out. They're like... No, you know, I, you wanted to be, you want to be your dad right now, and you don't think I've earned this, but guess what? I have. And then as they work, like, midway through that series, Damien's like, all right, circus boy, you're, you're actually really good. I, I'm happy to be your Robin to your Batman. But at the same time, that's more Dick gaining Damien's acceptance when Damien is the one that wants everyone else's acceptance. And I think that's where this this book works is you have the kid who presents being mature and presents being mm-hmm. not looking for acceptance. And the kid that has that but is trying to keep himself yeah. so secret. Like they're they're yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what is fun about yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the other kid doesn't need it but he's getting goaded into it by the shit kid. <laughs> you know, and it's the, it's Corey you know, and Sean Hunter. But then you have Jonathan like at dinner with Superman and Lois Lane, and be like, "Oh yeah, this happened." Today. And then you got like Superman, like, "All right, like, good kid." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a fun book. It's exactly what I wanted from Peter Tomasi. It's exactly what I expected from Peter mm-hmm. Tomasi. Uh, I was so happy with this book, and this was the book that was announced at launch for these that took months to come out and yeah. i still was happy what with what i got i enjoyed... remember for a little while damien had superpowers yeah <laughs> so and then i mean and then having read the uh the teen titans book mm-hmm. with the damien and that and i wasn't i didn't love it this is the damien i like and it works so good off of jonathan kent yeah and the jonathan kent like 
Superman hoodie thing that he's wearing with his jeans and his uh, his Chuck T's. Like it, it just works because he doesn't have a costume, and then he's with the costume vigilante. Mm-hmm. Uh, the costume vigilante who wears costumes over his costume. Exactly. Uh, I think I think the book worked so well. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, and I came out of this book very much excited to read number two. So I'm glad you're going to be picking it up. I, I plan on continuing on. It's it's as as long as it remains fun. And the Peter Tomasi, when he was doing the son of the son of Batman, that book I enjoyed that too. I just you know I you miss a week here, you miss a week there, and then it's like oh to to catch up i gotta spend seven dollars if i'm gonna spend seven dollars i might as well wait and then just buy the the volume and then it takes a while for that to come out because it's dc but let's get over to paul's pick oh we got one more beer i'm guessing paul's second favorite book of the month then no no third okay this is not my favorite book of the month at all this this was a stinker for me this was a thumbs down this is Justice League of America Rebirth, uh, number one. But as you were saying, Paul, we do have one more oh, beer, beer to get into, and uh, and we made the mistake. I'm, I'm a little afraid. Have you had it yet? I, I've, I've taken the sip, and all that coffee is gone. Well, and I'm left with just we alcoholy. We made the mistake, I think, of of drinking the fresh one first, especially with the fresh one being a higher percentage. Okay. Because uh, what we're drinking now is last year's Weyerbacher. Sunday morning stout, eleven point three percent. I think the bigness being more than a percent higher, big coffee things, and then trying to go from those big flavors on your tongue mm-hmm. to the smaller Mellow. percentage, mellower version. We should have done the older one first, and we never remember which one we should do. But I'm going to try to make a mental note. I'm going to make a note on this pad and stick it to my microphone that says. Drink the older one first. See, this one, um, I still get a ton of alcohol on, out on the back end, and that's... But on the nose, it's more of a bourbon, it's a bourbon is, alcohol. It's the 1% less, which makes me afraid of aging, uh, this. I lose most of the coffee, I get a little vanilla mid-palate, but it's not smooth at all. This is not a smooth I think it's, beer. it's got some smooth, but it does have a little alcohol Burn. on the back. I got Dragon Breath right now, but it's a different, it's a it's a different beer. Like as we said mm-hmm. when when we were talking about it before. The other thing too is this was given to me a couple months ago. I don't know how it was kept exactly how it was kept, um, and that's a little bit of a, a different thing because we've we've never really gotten a year old beer from somebody else to have had. Um, at least I feel like we did from um, what uh, Michael. Uh, we never, I, we never really got a year old stuff. We got something that might have oh. been a little on the older side because he needed to clean it out of his beer cellar, and it was getting past, past its, its prime. Past and he's like, prime. "You guys drink this instead." I don't have time to drink this. <laughs> you guys drink it. Uh, so I think that's where we're we're a little bit lost in translation. Plus, I really feel going from the 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 fresh one to this one are. Our palates are okay. Maybe as we warm up with this, or we'll practically sip. wrecked by now. Well, we'll keep I think on we sipping. should have some uh, almonds or some crackers to cleanse the palate, and then try this beer. Uh, so we took a little bit of a break. I feel like we cleansed our palates a bit mm-hmm. to be able we to go almonds. into. We had some. You ate all those almonds. We ate almonds. I drank some water. 
Now we're both drinking off mic when we were supposed to be talking about it. It is a lot more mellow. It is more mellow. After eating. (laughs) Being away from the other one. Mm -hmm. It's more mellow. Uh, I said that, and now I have that dragon breath redux. There's still some alcohol there. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to... Yeah, it's it's really hard to say one's better than the other because I really feel like they're two different beers. Mm-hmm. Being a, an eleven three and a twelve seven, being an, an an aged an aged lesser one, and then having this for the first time now, like fresh mm-hmm. at a twelve seven, I think the twelve seven is going to age better. Right. I don't think this is bad, but knowing what the other one is, I want that in this glass out of. Out of the seven bottles that we have remaining, you drink another one fresh, I drink another one fresh, and we age uh, the five that are left? Yeah. I, I or would, do we want to go further with drinking fresh versus aging? I feel if we're going to... Why don't we save my four-pack? Okay. I'll bring it over here. Goes in the cellar. Doesn't get Electrical touched. Electrical tape it. We, we take care of it. Mm-hmm. The other three are for when we're together, we drink those together. Yeah, yeah, we drink those together. And then we have four to age and see how I'll it goes. I'll put that in the voodoo barrel box. <laughs> so the, good. The need to drink box. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. We do have Pandemic Legacy to maybe finish up on Tuesday night. Yeah, we, we really cleaned house the other night. We did three months, and we got four months left to go, mm-hmm. and we won't have all the catching up talk. Exactly, yeah, because who cares about catching up with friends? Well, we just caught up <laughs> after almost a whole year. Uh, I miss Melanie. Uh, but, uh, Chris, are you you're still enjoying that Backwoods Bastard? I am still enjoying it. I'm towards the bottom of the bottle now, and this one's really oaky. Ooh. And I drank the other three from this four-pack, and don't recall feeling this way about it so i think just sitting on the shelf for like two months or three months after it uh came out getting a lot of the oak barrel that this was aged in uh still really good still really really drinkable but it's just it hits me now when i take a sip is this the bottle that i brought down for you or is this a separate one this may be the one that you brought down because i know i was able to find a four pack down here because the I bought two bottles. I kept one for myself, and I brought one down for Chris. Huh. I drank that bottle, didn't love it, and I was really crestfallen about it. Yeah, yeah. Here. Wow, nice, nice word. It, it's uh, it's very well possible because I know, um, I know I've said this to you guys off show. I don't remember if it made it onto the episode last week, but I can I can get Lizard of Cause down here now. Like we we have it. Uh, it's nineteen ninety nine for the bottle. Uh, I wasn't wowed about it, but when I saw it on the shelf, I was thinking about just like buying a bottle of it to sit there and see like if it kind of mellows out on that like syrupy berry sweetness on the front. I say we uh, already have one in the mm-hmm. cellar. We'll put a name on it. Only drink with Chris. Don't because one, it's sixteen ninety nine up here, so you're spending yeah. an extra three dollars on something that that three dollars is the Florida charge. And also, and also, uh, Chris, every time you come up. I make the mistake of driving you from the airport to a beer store, 
where we buy more beer, <laughs> even though we've been saving beer for I you to drink like when you're here. Dollars on beer when we went to premiere yeah. that first time. Yeah, we should hold off on that. And, I'll take you to to Hortons because you know. And remember when? Remember when I brought oh, yeah, we? You had had some, and then we brought like seventy five dollars worth of beer to have together, and then we went to breweries, uh-huh. and then we go yeah. to breweries. <laughs> So next time you're up, we'll skip that step. Okay. And but I still uh, want to go and buy beer. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For you to bring home with you, though. Like, yeah, you I, know, I buy like standby beers, like the beer that I just buy to like have, like the Ithaca Flower Power. Power, yeah, yeah. That's Heck, it's I, not a special occasion beer. I'm used to having that beer just be what I pick up because mm-hmm. I'm like at the store and I want something to drink when I get home. You give me a grocery list, and I can get you that stuff to pack in to your carry-on. Uh, last, last not month, carry on. my fr- my friend Keith that I used to work with came down to Disney and he he brought me some Ithaca Flower Power and it was fantastic. <laughs> I also want to say and Space Kitty. You got to get some Space Kitty in here. I, I would like to try the Space Kitty. It's not something that we've had on the show. Uh, but uh, another moment, like I don't know if Paul said it on the show, but hmm. I messaged him to say, "Hey, I just got Sunday morning stout. Stop in, get it." Another time where I did that was with the uh, Westified from Lagunitas, which is a... Oh, yeah. That was really good. I still have a few of those. It's Maybe a... One. You only have one left? I might have two. I got, I, got a, I got five. Well, I only got one four-pack, It's a six. Sir. It's a six-pack. Oh. Well, I only got one six-pack. Here's the thing sir. is... Uh, so, Lagunitas, Westified, is an Imperial... Stout, I think Imperial Coffee Stout, aged in uh, Westfield bourbon Whis- or whiskey barrels. Whiskey barrels, yeah. Six pack, twelve ninety nine. It is better than the Weyerbacher. I, I think it's better than KBS. It's better of that high alcohol, but not Bernie. It Easy is, drinking, but you get that. It's a that flavorful. The spirit on it. You get it, and it is, I mean, it's something that is a sipper. Mm-hmm. You can have it chilled and then let it warm up, and it still is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was, Chris, it was the one I was like, I had a couple beers I want to send to you, and you are like, I'm not sure how mail works at this new place. I don't want it to get ripped off or anything. Don't send me anything. I haven't touched this five-pack because I'm waiting for the moment to be like, okay, I will send Chris two of these bottles because you have to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, extremely. It was extremely limited release. I got more Weyerbachers than I did the Westified wow. uh, at my beer store. And um, I feel like Weyerbacher, though, like when you do get it, just kind of sits on the shelf because nobody pays attention to it. People not, love not, Blathering. Not, yeah. not Sunday morning. That and uh, Blathering Idiot. People love too. The Blithering Idiot's good, but the Blithering Idiot is uh, barley wine that they make that is year-round that I have on my sh- like I have on my shelf. That and the Merry Monks, which I think is also a really good Belgian quad or triple or whatever it was. Um, yeah, the the Weyerbacher makes a lot more. I just don't carry it. Um, uh, something I kind of wanted to talk about since we were talking about beer when we came back from the break. How are you guys liking the new Untapped update? Because, man, they give you a lot more info about the beers now when you check into them. You can do a lot more. What I don't like is when I come into that app and I don't automatically see what my friends are yeah. ha- having. 
mm-hmm. I liked that more than checking into the venue or other options that they yeah, give since you. the search bar was always like checking into a beer, I'd rather be on my friends list, just like you're, you're saying, and then versus the menu of menus. Yeah, because like see, I, I feel like when I check in, I still see like what my friends are drinking. Like you don't I just so. reload the app, and it shows that I just drink a backwoods. Um, it shows Paul drinking the Saturday morning stout or Sunday morning. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Paul checking into Sunday morning stout. Uh, I had a KBS. John basking in bourbon. Like it still shows me. That. I just need to check on the friends tab. You're on the Apple. Yeah, I'm on uh, iOS. See, we're on the like the, uh, the Android. As soon as you turn this on, you have the search bar on the top, and you have the uh, UPC scan, and then it said it goes to the it's home. A menu. The home screen is. Verified venues, events, trending beers, top-rated beers, global feed, trending locations, get there safe, get a ride, and then there's, like, commercials. Like, I have Goose Island, Road to the Harvest Challenge, and then Recommended on the bottom, and it's like, oh, where do I go to see what my friends are drinking? Like, I tap... See, I I close out the app, and then I reload it, and I have that same page, but you just click the first, like... Uh, icon on the left-hand side, and it shows you like a list of everything. See, it's the first icon on the bottom of the left-hand side, which is to see what everyone else was drinking. Like now, okay. like I click that, and now it's like, oh, okay, activity. I see what Chris had the backwards bastard. Paul had this. <laughs> my my friend Katie's drinking stuff from Grim. Ooh, Ooh. Sky Space, the uh, sour ale, uh, Super Spruce, which is also a sour goza. Uh, Rainbow Dome, Sour. Uh, then from Trillium Brewing, she lives in Michigan now, uh, Double Dry Hopped IPA. Ooh, she got Trillium over there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember where exactly she lives now, but yeah. I have a, I have a little bit of jealousy because I, when I was on my honeymoon in Europe, I met a couple people that I friended over there. So I have a couple um, – uh, one was from um, – Amsterdam and one was from Sweden that I met and we talked beer and became friends with. So I'm always like, oh, he's he's having this really interesting beer. Oh, this person, they're drinking this. And I have a little I, bit of jealousy, but then I can imagine they're having the same thing when I check into like Weyerbacher Sunday morning or Lagunitas yeah. or just something like, oh, hey, New School from Southern Tier, their new IPA. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that in Cannes. Yeah, new I have school. it. I have it. I figured this was something that was kind of worth talking about because when we talk about beer, we always say we check into it. We always use the untapped app, which you can find on like iOS or Android. Um, you can rate your beers on a scale of like zero to five. You can check into where you drank it. I like that now when you check into your beer, you can say how you've actually yeah tried untapped, it. Too. You can say like can, if you have like a sampler, a crawler, can, glass, bottle. It's becoming more of like the beer connoisseur app, and I don't consider myself a beer connoisseur. But when I talk to people about beer, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> you, re- you, you actually like drink beer, and it's like, "Yeah." Like I'm not the guy that goes to the bar and like, "Hey, give me a Corona." Like, that's yeah, just, that's never been me. Um, so I like the fact that you do have all these options to you. Also, it it just looks prettier now. 
it's a it's a slick looking app. Uh, I would agree. I I did enjoy when I opened up the app and then seeing right away what my friends are drinking because I'd see that mm-hmm. and I'd scroll and I'd cheers people for different things. Uh, even going back a couple days, like scrolling it and being like, oh, oh man, Paul, Paul my back was faster. They, yep, they had that. Uh, I I really enjoyed that because the other the options that are right there on the front of the screen are not the options that I as a beer drinker or user of this app use or appreciate and maybe that's just because mm. i'm a different i i think we're in the realm of beer snobs but we're not the the beer snob tickers the people that are mm-hmm. actively we're actively searching something because we are constantly having to try new things for the podcast and we like trying new things versus the people that go i have to have this and show people that i'm better beer drinker than they are or i gotta bring this in and buy it and then I'll, I'll sell it for X amount of money extra mm-hmm. because I was able to get it and they weren't. Like yeah. we're the people that if I, I find it and I get it and I drink it, I'm happy. Exactly, yeah. and like the fact that I'm not going to try to weigh a left kidney for the next Grim yeah. because screw and, it. But I'll also, get it next time. Also, I'm the person who bought the Westified from Lagunitas mm-hmm. and was going to send two of my bottles. At cost to myself of <laughs> buying it and then shipping it to my best friend because, hey, you need to have this. You know, like, that's the, that's, we're the beer sharers, not the beer exclusive, mm-hmm. you gotta give me, you know, yeah. you know, you don't deserve to get this because you're just another beer drinker, I'm a better beer drinker than you. And, uh, like, that's the kind of people I, like, I dislike. Like, I brought, uh, at my beer store, I brought in a, um, a uh, single cut, which is something mm-hmm. that we've had that is a uh, hard-to-come-by beer. And when people come in, they look at it, they look at how how old it is. And if it's, in their minds, too old, they won't buy it. And it's like, well, no, it's still a good beer. And I actually thought being a two-week-old beer and then being a five-week-old beer, the five-week-old beer was better than the two-week-old beer. Like, it, it there's a weird... Beer's alive. It's a weird counter counterculture that there's the, and I guess same thing with comic books. There's the mm-hmm. people that enjoy yeah. them, and then the people who rub other people's nose in it. I don't know. I got off on a weird tangent. No, no, no. It's, no, that, that's not weird at all because it, I mean, this is the same thing. We've we talked about that, you know, previous on the show. We talked about it a little bit even before when uh, it was our show. But talking about the guy that you met at your new job where. He wore a Star Lab shirt, and like you were talking about the Flash, and you went into that conversation thinking like, "Oh, I'm, I'm the Flash fan. I'm going to test these waters." And like he went in doing the exact same thing to you, like by asking you, "Hey, who's your favorite Flash?" And, and hands down, it's Wally West. <laughs> it is Wally West, and you answered correctly. But then when you said Wally, he was like, "Oh, I thought you picked Barry because he watched the show." Like, and then I was like, it, "Well, it's very much the same kind of thing, though." And like, I know I have this as a comic book fan because when I see that person walking. You know, through the mall with a Batman shirt on, I instantly like could be like, "Oh, you like Batman too? Let's let's talk about Batman." Mm-hmm. I I love Detective Comics. I haven't enjoyed any of the other Batman books, but I want to check out All Star because because of this shit. And then I don't want to just make up numbers, but like ninety percent of the time, you're probably going to run into the person. It's like, oh yeah, I like the Dark Knight movie. Well, it's the it's the story I which always. Which one's cool? Which one's better though? I loved 
it's the person that says, well, I love Batman the Animated Series, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if they don't read comics, but they love Batman the Animated Series, you're like, hey, hey, I can respect that. That's Max, my new best friend. Uh, No, but, you know... (laughs) Hey, can we... Well, he talked about this, okay, but, Uh, yeah, whatever. (gasps) But it's the the moment with... uh, Chris, you told the story of... You saw a guy walk in, and he had a Joker tattoo, and you said, what's your favorite version of Joker? And he's like, well, that is... Heath Ledger, I saw that movie. Like, he got a, a Joker tattoo because he's only the enjoy... He... He's only enjoyed. His, his only thing is seeing that one movie. He's not that comic. He got a Joker tattoo because he's not a Joker fan, but he saw the movie version. And of you it. can't discount someone's fandom because they like, like someone on that one thing. And I think we saw that recently with Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad movie because Harley was like the Halloween costume this year. And yeah, people loved that take on it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but. Speaking from the fandom standpoint, it's hard when like you've loved a character for years or grew up with them, and then you see those new adopters that that take it to that level, and you're like, it's oh, this. And, and here's here's the thing too: it's like Paul really became a fan of that character with the Jimmy Palmiotti version of that in the book, and Amanda Connor, yeah, which is kind of that Deadpooly mm-hmm. fun version of that character. She loves animals. I'm okay with that. Uh, the thing, the thing is, with the fandom, that's the quote unquote. We've been here longest. We enjoyed this version of the character. Is when there's this mass market. It's that tsunami that totally wipes away the character that you used to love. It's you standing on the beach, and you're like, "No, this is where I stand. This is with the character that I love." And you're just shouting at the sea as it rises and washes well, you away. Too, and that character no longer. Like has any social relevance? Exactly, it's and this it's, new character, and it, and this hot it, pants it, Harley. And then it is the the comic books going after that movie fan versus that comic book fan. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get the updated costume, where it's not the jester look that is what you mm-hmm. enjoy of the Harley, and now the hot pants version yeah. of the character. Uh, Fandoms are weird, man, and like we've seen such a like a sway in that since we started doing the podcast too, like because. Nerd culture is now like the pop culture. It's, Part of mainstream, yeah. Yeah, it's it's there. It's not like a counterculture anymore. Like, it's there. For a while there, nerd was the new cool. Now nerd is just the new it's, part of... It, it is what it is. It, it is, is right. part. Um, yeah, when we started recording this, I don't think we ever even would have considered the fact that, you know, like three, four times a year, we'd be getting like a blockbuster triple A superhero movie released in theaters. We were still talking about Smallville. When we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but Batman Begins, you yeah, know, yeah. like while we talked about Smallville, it was because the first trailer for Batman Begins was on Smallville. <laughs> and I mean, geez, I mean, what, eight, eight, nine years ago? Like mm-hmm. that was when we started eight years ago. We started in 2009. So yeah, yeah, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. It'll be eight years in July. So yeah, it's it's weird to see how much things have changed in eight years. But it's almost, I mean, it's almost a decade. You know, yeah. like, and things have really changed for the Justice League of America too. Oh yes. Uh, like, Paul, let's finish uh, this show. Put, yeah, Paul brought to the table besides <laughs> Super Sons. This sounded like uh, the new out. 
what it was it the new outsiders basically it's batman creating his own team of the justice league of america not the jla this was going to be a team put together by Batman to solve a specific problem uh he wants a team that's more street level open to the public uh people that everybody can relate to and see they're doing good a team people and can he trust. picks Lobo for the team. <laughs> exactly my problem. That's what bothered me about this book because, like, the whole time, like, they're trying to sell you the book by selling it to other characters in the book, like Black Canary. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's more human. I'm like, you fucking have Lobo. It's humans, not gods. Who's up next on well, your grocery list? Lobo? Well, you who, freaking sorry, kidding me? Who, who well, also, this, like, who the is this written and drawn by because I. Kind of jumped into uh, it. Uh, Reese, uh, Ivan Reese, drawn by Ivan Reese. Which like, it's good you, art. You get okay. You get that. You get the all right. You get the one cover. Then you get something trying to sell you Future Quest. Then you get the other cover that they did. You get the first page, and then you get the thing that says that Ivan Reese did it. And I was like, oh, this should be a good looking book. And then I was like, oh, this is not a good looking book. It's an Ivan Reese book. I don't think it's bad. I think it's, so I think it's good looking. It might not be to that Green Lantern standard that we know and expect, but also I think now he's doing more stuff than he did before when he was just I don't think the Green Lantern artist. Well, also, like I mean, when he was doing Aquaman, I thought that book looked beautiful. I thought that book looked great. But this one, I mean, it just seems, I don't know. I think the page layouts look good, but there's not always the best art in that page. But this, yeah, this is the book. This is the Justice League that Batman's put together with Killer Frost, the Adam that isn't mm-hmm. the Adam. And talking about, you know, mainstream comic book culture, Caitlin Snow becoming a big character on yeah. The Flash. So therefore, she has. they're going to make her more of a hero in the comic books, it seems. Well, it seems like she had... And also, Harley Quinn was introduced in Batman the Animated Series and then became a character. So it's the mainstream becoming mainstream again, I guess. Not comic book related. So it's kind of the Ouroboros. Black... Yeah. uh, Black Black, Killifrost. Black... Black Canary. Black Canary. You have the Atom, which looks like it's going to look like the Atom that is in the TV series. It's more like the sci-fi... Ryan Troy. suit. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, he's going to get the armor suit? Yeah, you can tell no, him those. He's in the sweatpants. In the, like, in the, the last page book. where it's like, coming soon. Oh, well, like right. the page of like Adam. On the cover, too. On both covers, you see him in that armored kind of suit. I skipped the covers. I opened up the <laughs> yeah, thing, and I went to pages, like, and I went right to page one. Reading it digitally, I don't pay attention to covers anymore, because in the actual book, it, like you have him wearing a hoodie, jeans, yeah. and then he has like the side shrinking belt. See, I pay attention to those because I review the books, and that's part of the book. Part of the we, thing we've we talked need to about talk this about. before, though. Like even with like our like annual look, we used to do our favorite covers, and now it's just like no, it's just you a, don't buy them. It's you a don't thumbnail. Buy them off the new shelf, like anymore. Like yeah. it's just like a icon that you click on to be like, oh, it's this title. Let me buy mm-hmm. it. Uh, so it's Batman putting this team together, and. For a purpose that we're not quite thing, aware of. The thing that I would have enjoyed out of this was finding out why he's picking yeah. these people. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's just him grabbing these people. And sometimes it's not just him. It's whoever the previous person he brought in was. Because mm-hmm. it starts with Batman and Killer Frost. Killer Frost brings in uh, Black Canary. Black Canary then brings in Lobo. Lobo. 
uh, the Atom is brought in by Batman and, and Lobo. Lobo. And then Vixen is brought in by Batman. Mm-hmm. And and we also have the Ray popping up with Batman and, and the, Atom, the, Atom, the Atom. The Atom. The Atom. Sorry. The Atom brings him in. And he, yeah, he's wearing like sweatshirt pulled tight over his head with goggles Safety on. glasses, yep. And okay, but here's the thing is it should be, if you're going to do this, is Batman bringing in this team. It mm-hmm. should be just like, boom, this person I'm bringing in because of these choices. Blah, 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 blah. I need a heavy hitter. Yeah. yeah. You know, like... It needs to be the draft that we we do constantly. That, yeah, exactly. It's that superhero building thing where you're like, oh, this is why I'm picking them. And you vaguely it, get that with the, certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, the Brad Meltzer issue of Justice League, the Zero issue, where it's Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman all standing around like talking about yeah. the characters and being yeah. like, well, are they ready? And yeah, they're ready, you know. They've we been, need we need a heart they, of the team. We need somebody around. to bring. We it need together. somebody that's going to keep us. You around. get that with Batman and Vixen hanging out. Yeah, but that's the only time you get but it. But then again, you get that bullshit moment of you asked the right way, mm-hmm. and oh. I'm just like, oh man, for some you get reason that bull- some, you get that bullshit quite a bit. Some reason in all for some reason that Vixen that, with that moment was just like I don't know why, but I just think Halle Berry and Cat her Catwoman. <laughs> uh, it. You chose this. This feels wisely. like a z- like a zero issue book because it's Batman getting the team together, but you don't know why he's getting the team together besides the fact that he wants to get a different type of JLA together. <laughs> besides the fact that he wants a team together, mm-hmm. because he and, had the spot that he's been paying for for quite a bit, and he just really wants to see it used. Yeah. Right now, it's all a z- he's losing money on this deal. Let's get some good out of it. It's almost like space planning, Batman. <laughs> like, all right, let's fill this team up. Let's fill this place up with a team. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand this book. Like, I don't understand the lineup of this book. Like, who's, who are they bringing in? It's readers to be like, what? I get to see Lobo and Black Canary together? <laughs> it's the people that have been clamoring for the Ray and. Killer Frost team up that they never got to see before. Like it's, it's such weird characters, but there's no real like there's thread no, between them that right. ties them together to make you want to see them together or back together in a book. Except for the fact that they put out those issues about the origins of those characters yeah. to fill you in on those things. But the thing is, with that, like back in the eighties and nineties, we would get like the big crisis moment and these characters would suddenly all of these characters would suddenly be working together and maybe like two or three of them are working together just because of random happenstance uh the writers wanted to put them together and then you would clamor for more of that team up like kind of how we did back in the early aughts with uh the uh with mysteries in space you know with uh animal man star uh captain uh strange Right, Adam Strange, Adam not Strange. Cap- not Captain Strange, uh, Starfire, and Animal Man, Animal Animal Man. Those people together, it was just kind of randomly, but they were like thrown together because of the plot. Yeah, and they it worked, wasn't, and they worked, and it worked out because they eventually it got them to it. The story itself it got, got them, them to A work. to B. It wasn't Batman throwing them together. It was random chance throwing them together and you saw them work together as a team and survive. 
And when it's just Batman doing it, it's a lot less but interesting. When it's Batman doing it and not explaining why he did that, I mean, like, well, he, he says some reasons. Well, what is it like, Tower but, Tower of Babel? Mm-hmm. When they're breaking down and they're defeating the superheroes, you have that Batman. It's not him doing it, but it's the Ross, reason yeah. why Ra's al Ghul is doing this is because it's Batman's reasoning for how to take this character down. And you have those things described. Like It's mm-hmm. better writing with that, saying like why you're bringing these you characters the together. Yeah. If they had done that with this book and explained why you're bringing these characters in, it would have been a better book. Because you mm-hmm. go, okay, now I know. Not just some bullshit like, hey throw this against the wall and let's see if it sticks. Because to me right now, you threw it on the wall and it's not sticking. Mm-hmm. It's not bringing me back for issue two. Right. It's actually making me tell everyone I know, don't do it! Don't go through that door! Uh, because it is... It's poorly constructed mm-hmm. in how they do it. And like we said, it's A getting B, B getting C, C getting D. Like mm-hmm. it's It goes down that way, which is just silly. It's yeah. it's does it make sense of why why is Batman and Lobo bringing in the atom? It doesn't make sense why. Mm-hmm. Why did they send the atom to bring in the ray? Like it it's just I can see the atom bringing in the ray because they're both new heroes to the scene. But then it's like did you just come out of my cell phone? Yes, you're holding me up from a building. Please take me up to the top yeah. of the building and I will explain why. Yeah. It was the worst book. Super Sons is looking a lot better now, doesn't it, Paul? It already had? Yeah, but you said you said the thing that we disagreed with was the best, and now we'll always hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, but the yep. thing that I liked was Kingpin. So you're saying Kingpin was better than this? I would no, say... No, Kingpin's my, like, number three out of the three. I think so, I, I would say Kingpin is better than Justice League. Because that would be But here's true. the thing. Here's the thing is, so Kingpin is number two. But here's the thing is, like, Super Sons is a thumbs up. Right. Yeah. Kingpin and Justice League are thumbs down. Like I would say Kingpin is a thumbs down. For me, Justice League is like Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator holding his <laughs> thumbs sideways. Like, mm. it could go either way. I like the characters that it introduced. I don't need to see them together as a team, but... I wouldn't mind seeing more of it. Like, wow. if it was presented to me, I would read it. Kingpin, I'd just be like, no. So Kingpin gets a thumbs up for me. Super Sons get a thumbs up for me. And Justice League of America gets a thumbs down for me. Uh, like, and, uh, I, and I, no I think uh, the opposite reason for, like, the opposite reason why, I, I, I think the Kingpin and that both get a thumbs down, but why I would take the Kingpin over the Justice League is to me, two issue two would be where I wanted issue one to start at. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like issue two is where I would get the young Kingpin before, right. you know, when he's just Wilson Fix, Phil, uh, blah, 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 huh. Wilson Fisk right. is a young man, not the Kingpin, but working his way to the Kingpin. That's where I think I'm going to get the story I want. Issue one did not sell me on picking up issue two. Mm-hmm. See, and with Justice League, I feel like I've been set up. Now maybe I could find out why Batman's put this team together. I'll get more like the character dynamics against one another. 
Kingpin number two, I think I'm just going to get more of the same. It's going to be him trying to be like the, oh, no, let's go through a walk uh, through the park. And he- this dude's going to wind up dead. I'm not a bad person. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to see any more of that. That could be a background story in Daredevil. And those would still be the pages that I kind of like flip past to see like Matt Murdock doing the cool sh- And Reese's art is way better in Justice League than the Kingpin art. I didn't mind the Kingpin art, though. I know we didn't talk about it a lot, but I think it fit the book, but it's just not... It's a little washed out. It's not not a story that needs to be told. And, I mean, you can say washed out. I would say it's muted, and it's it's a Kingpin book. It's not a book that needs to, like, be bright, pop out in your face. It's a dude telling his story about how he's not terrible. See, I think it's very Frank Miller esque. I can see that because all of a sudden, like the it's uh, they do the close up and it's a black with a white silhouette of the character on the phone talking. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of that, but also like just the character designs and how they kept going. Like the first time you see Kingpin, you're like, okay, that's a Kingpin, and then every time up close. I didn't like the way it looked. He didn't then, have, like, a jawline. Yeah. It all was just into his neck. Yeah, and there, there was stuff with the face, and then, like, even, like, with his teeth just looking huge, or when he was holding a donut, the way his... The, the panel where he's holding, like, a dollar bill out kind of bothered me. It's towards the end of the book. Yeah, the 20. It's like, okay, you've, you spent, like, 20 pages showing how huge this guy is, and then the dollar he's holding is bigger than his hand. Yeah, there was lot, like little, I can see that. little things yeah. like that compared to Ivan Reese's stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a better art style, but it just it's the rush. Like, it feels like the rush version, the not the not his art, but mm-hmm. him doing it quickly or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's gonna wrap us up. Yeah, yeah. We I almost we got two of, hours, we talked, even though we only did. We're like, oh, guys, it's going to be a short episode. Quick episode. Three, three books. A lot of sidebars, guys. A lot of sidebars, but a lot of us talking. Right before we went into the Justice League book, I had forgotten that we weren't just talking offline. Like, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, if you like us kind of talking offline, talk to us offline, online, (laughs) on rating guys and reviewers on the iTunes. Find uh, us over on Facebook. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, especially, uh, we found some great trading policies from fan, you know, fans telling us what we should read. We always look into that. Next we, week starts our March Madness. Yeah, I thought yeah. next week is Chris's pick. No, no, no. Oh, no we're, we, we're, we're, we're pushing, pushing that yeah, past. We're pushing that back two weeks. To you know, after the March Madness, uh, we're on Instagram. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebooks. All bagging and board or bagging and board cast. Uh, you'll know which one. You'll find us. You're smart. We're there. We trust you, listeners. You're like the Batman of... We're bringing you into the team. <laughs> You're the Batman of podcast listeners. 